you have made for us to rejoice and to be glad in. And we honor you and we love you. Thank you, Lord. Open up the word to us today that we might receive what you have for us. We want to receive everything that you have for us, Lord, in this life. And we know we have eternal life to come, life everlasting with you. And that is so wonderful. So we thank you and we bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk today about the Lord our hope. Amen. The Lord our hope. And uh, we can't stress that enough that we need hope in this life. Um, And and we need to kind of pin our hopes not only in this life. But beyond this life as well. We have hope in two realms. And uh, I think it's good to understand that because uh, there will be times where things that are going on in this life aren't real pleasant. And so we have to rely on the hope uh, for something better. The hope of something promised. Uh, When we have promises we can pin our hopes on uh, something good happening. Amen. Uh, And without hope. It's, it's really, uh, life is very, very unpleasant. It's really hard to endure. Uh, we know that there are people in the earth that can get so overcome by problems that they become hopeless. We use that term sometimes. And, uh, <clears throat> I think it's because circumstances, there there's certain things that we, I guess we can say we pin our hopes on or we depend on things, situations to be a certain way for us to enjoy life. Uh, and when those things don't line up very well, uh, we can move beyond just mere disappointment or mere, uh, you know, emotional upset or something like that, something temporary, and move into a realm of what we call Hopelessness, and uh, we don't want to be there because really our hope is in the God of all hope. Amen. Hope really emanates from God, and that's something that we need to know and understand because when we run into people in hopeless situations, we have a remedy for them, don't we? We can always offer them uh, the blessed hope, what we refer to as the blessed hope, and that is the uh, hope that comes uh, through faith in Jesus Christ for a life beyond this world that we live in. But also there is a hope that keeps us alive and functioning in this life. And uh, it's not good to let hopelessness overtake you as a believer. If we say that uh, God is our hope, then when times where we are challenged to be hopeless, we need to let him be our hope. We need to go to him with what it is that's troubling us and uh, look to him and expect the remedy. Amen. Expect a remedy. Uh, you can go to God and, and uh, you know, and then go away from, turn away from God and hang on to your hopelessness. You know, you ever been 
been like that you just go through the motions of asking God for help or go through the motions of casting your cares upon him it's very very easy to go through the motions but in order to get help and get hope from God we have to expect that he will offer us hope and he will give us hope and so it's it's very very uh, uh, much um, a thing for us to make sure that we stay in the hope of God I was meditating on a psalm I'm going to read it to you Psalm 33 and this kind of summed up for me the reason to put your hope in God he's a, a good God and we know that but there's some things about God that that uh, just make him very very suited to put your confidence your trust and your hope in uh, Psalm 33 starting in verse 18 it says behold the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him or upon them that worship him so you want to get God's attention you lift up them hands <laughs> in worship you know uh, take time to bless his name uh, take time to to utter and mutter thanksgiving to God and his eye is upon you because you look to him you fear him you reverence him uh, you lift him up you magnify him you extol him you speak good things about him you bless his name Uh, he's looking at you when you do that and it says upon them that hope in his mercy so we can hope for certain things to come from God you got me you're not just hoping on a maybe you're hoping your hope is focused on something that God can definitely supply to you it says to deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine so when you hope in God you know it's there's no reason for being hopeless if you read this psalm uh, there's every reason to hope it says our souls our soul waits for the Lord he is our help and our shield so when you hope in the mercy of God in verse 22 it says let thy mercy O Lord be upon us according as we hope in you so there's a correlation between what you hope for and what you receive if you put your hope in God that he will give you a better day he will give you peace he will give you answers he will give you reason to rejoice he will help you out of the the uh, place that you find yourself if you put your hope in God then then there's a reason uh, he says let your mercy be upon us according as we hope in you so if you put all of your hope in God you'll get as much mercy as you ever need sometimes we put our hope in God and then transfer it on to humans and and that's not good and so keep your hope where it's going to do you some good keep your money in the right bank in other words but keep all your hope banked in God and it will pay off it it will do you good so according as you hope that's the degree that you will see receive and see the mercy of God hope is really in the unseen realm in Romans 8:24 we see that you can't put your hope in something seen that's always the <laughs> you know uh 
you know you 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 want to um, if you put your hope in the natural realm you're going to be disappointed every time because it changes so quickly but in Romans 8 24 we see here uh, it says for we are saved by hope or in other words hope is your salvation you don't have to see anything you're saved by hope but hope that is seen is not hope any longer for what a man sees what does he yet hope for so if you see everything what is there left to hope for but if we hope for what we do not see then we have to wait for it patiently and this is where sometimes we mess ourselves up a little bit we get impatient and we lose hope but hope has to work with other fruit of the spirit in order for our lives to be fulfilled so if you're just waiting on one big thing to happen that's going to make your life wonderful um, you're going to be disappointed because you'll get anxious about the things that are not going right or you you can't put all of uh, like they say put all your eggs in one basket what happens when the basket drops all your eggs are broken you know what i'm saying so you have to have your hope placed in god and and not in situations that you think are going to make your life wonderful i guess you can put it that way and everybody's got one you know we used to call them the biggie uh we uh were blessed to go and hear a, a preacher one time a woman she was a um I think she was with Kojic or something like that. I keep forgetting her name. I always say I want to remember her name. Uh, But anyway, uh, she would always preach about the biggie. Yeah, God's going to bring you the biggie. And everybody would get convicted because they're all sitting there. You know, your your life is messed up and you're sitting there waiting for God to do this. If you just do this one thing, God that everything's gonna be right and i ain't gonna be happy till i get that one thing you know and it never comes the one the biggie never comes to disgruntled and unhappy people number one you don't know have enough faith moving out there to pull it in hmm you're in a mood and you're all upset about something your faith isn't working you disconnect your faith when you get over into the realm of disgust discouragement distance from god (laughs) dissing everybody and yourself you know you move out of the realm of faith when you move over into that negative realm those are just the works of the flesh and of the carnal mind god is not going to answer your prayer faster because you're mad at him because you don't have it yet or you're mad at somebody else that you think is standing in the way of your happiness it's not going to come to you that way faith works by love so if you can't release your faith to to attach to something that you hope for uh it won't work so god has to see you believing and trusting him in order for you to stay in hope it just just won't happen when you start training yourself to disconnect 
from the negative emotions and from the discouragement, disappointment. See, people make excuses for their bad temper sometimes. They think it's normal or they try and say, well, he don't know what was happening to me. I know you can stay in perfect peace if you keep your mind in hope. You know, you keep your mind stayed on the God of all hope and then you can stay in perfect peace and you don't have to disconnect from God like that and cause yourself upset, everybody else them upset, all these things upset just because things aren't going the way you want them to go. And so it's a sign of maturity to really trust and put your confidence and hope in God no matter what's happening in the natural realm. So we say that hope is in the unseen. Uh, We tend to uh, continue to hope for other things after we've attained something that we hope for. In other words, hope begets more hope. Hoping for something and attaining it should not make you hope less for the next thing. It should get easier and easier for you to open up your your heart to begin to believe God for greater things, more things, other things, all of this kind of stuff. Because there's always something to hope for in this life. Uh, even if your life is everything you want it to be, you've got neighbors, you've got friends, you've got family members that have needs. And you can impart hope to them. Uh, through just the way you approach things. I remember uh, years ago when we, we first began the ministry, we were meeting uh, in a church and, and uh, where we, we were members of the church and the pastor allowed us to have our meeting there for a season, you know, till God starts moving real good and then they see that and they want to kick you out. But praise the Lord, you know, you get kicked out and God puts you someplace else and you keep going. That's all I'm going to say. You get kicked out of somewhere, keep going. Keep serving God. Keep doing what you're supposed to do and you'll be fine. Uh, but but we were uh, there and I remember uh, uh, one of the girls in the in our group were when we were praying and she said uh, she came up and and she was telling me she said well so and so and such and such and I said well okay we'll pray for so and so and such and, such. and then one day she said she said you know what you never tell me that I can't believe God for something. You know, and, and God had taught me before. He said, when, when people ask for prayer, He said, find a place to agree with them and keep their hope intact. Because if you start quizzing people and challenging them and this kind of stuff, it will tend to pull hope away from them. So he said, always allow people to stay in hope. Now, of course, people come up and ask for some crazy stuff sometimes. You know is isn't the will of God. And you just have to tell them, you know, well, if you believe that's what God wants you to have, you know, just stand on that. You know what I'm saying? But you don't take hope away from people uh, because that's something that... That, that connects them to God so that they can keep going for the next thing. And so when, when true Bible hope is there, you want to encourage that and you want to nurture that and you want to protect that and leave that intact. Now, don't put yourself in a place where you're fighting everybody because they don't want you to have something. You got me? Uh, especially when you're talking about faith because people can get contentious about anything 
and so there are many times people want to they come come with a defensiveness about them already well god told me you know it's okay whatever and and you know they'll they'll get in that posture that wants to contend with flesh and blood about something spiritual why if god told you why would you uh, contaminate something holy by pulling it down to a carnal level and arguing over it just a thought okay. you know people want to fight about whether or not God told them something or not well we'll, we'll all know pretty soon because if it don't come to pass you'll know it wasn't him you understand if it does come to pass we'll all know it's God but we don't have to contend over it you see what I'm saying? And fight over it. Because if it is God, he will bring it to pass. Period. And so, you know, and I'm not a person you have to convince of anything. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, just say hey, whatever. We'll pray for it. Well, I'll agree with you, whatever, the best of my ability, and help you to bring it in. But let's not get into the place where we have to strive and contend over. You know, don't be so defensive about your little life. And, you know, sometimes people take themselves too seriously. You know, we're just passing through here, folks. You know, and before you know it, you'll be my age and life will be a vapor. <laughs> you'll vaporize. No, but you know what I'm saying. We don't have time to stand around and argue with each other about a small thing. So don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take your, your gifts so seriously and your abilities so seriously. You know, learn how to honor them and, and uh, treat them as holy things. And that's wonderful. But we have to put down the sword against one another we're not one another's enemies amen we are a body and we are here to work together with one another but but make sure that you help one another's hope we're here to strengthen one another's hope in God and what we're believing God for hope appears to be a part of the human makeup Man, it, it, it is a part of the human makeup. Uh, it's more active in certain people at certain times and, and under certain conditions. But it is something that seems to be resident in all human beings because people tend to look forward to life and into going from day to day so there are some things that that uh uh i was noticing uh when you detect how you detect hope within yourself and within other people and there are certain things that uh you can detect in yourself and in human beings that hope will bring uh, number one hope brings optimism uh, you are looking forward to something when you're a person who's in hope so you uh you're not dreading the next day you're not fearful about the next day you are an optimistic person now that doesn't mean you have to be swinging from the chandeliers bubbling over hugging everybody and waltzing through life but you hold on to an understanding that something good is coming something good is on its way to you something good is always going to be on its way to you 
That's optimism. Hope also brings with it a certain level of peace. You're settled on the inside. You're not in turmoil. You're not in conflict on the inside. You're not uh, dreading any bad news or or you're going to fall apart about something. Uh, You're in peace. And that means that you are intact. Your your soul is intact. You're not fragmented. You're not, uh, uh, you know... um, Living in a place of dread about certain things or uh, certain things will come up in your thought. You know how you can be happy and going along and then all of a sudden something will come in your head and you'll, you know, kind of like go down or something like that. That that thing of dread is something that you haven't really yielded and given over to God. Because if we say God is our hope, then you can cast all your cares on him and know that he will work it out for your good. It's going to be good. You don't have anything to dread. You don't have anything to be fearful about. And and just keep working with yourself till you get yourself to the point where you know that you're trusting God with it. Sometimes we can think we're trusting God or say we're trusting God and then we start our mind we'll start you know how your mind will go searching for bad news. Yeah, we all do it. You can you start you can be feeling good for a minute and all of a sudden your little brain will that's your carnal frame that wants to throw a, a pan of cold water on your party wants to tear up something in your life and so we have to cast that thing down don't let that thing exalt itself over your hope don't let it get a grip on your mind and start telling you that it's not going to happen it's not going to work it's not going to this it's not going to that all that kind of stuff sometimes we need to stop being so one dimensional about life you know sometimes you can get uh, caught up in something where you think you got ahead is one thing or your life is just oh it's just over for me I had this, you know, is it life ain't worth living, you know. And you find out that there are people that never had that thing you're looking for either, and they do fine. They just accept life and keep going, you know. Uh, They expect God to do good things for them, but your salvation and your happiness does not hinge on one answer to one prayer. The biggie. Amen. So let's just keep quit getting out of joint about the biggie. You know, you'll make it bigger than God. And when you do that, you're you're really in trouble. So we have to put all of these things under God's dominion and under his care and trust him uh that if he if we we let him work with us, he will bring these things uh to pass. Uh Romans four let me see, I think it's in four did I do four eighteen already? Okay. Uh how about Romans eight twenty four? I did that one? Eighteen through twenty four? Okay, I'm sorry. Why don't I just do it? Oh Lord. Oh I'm sorry. Yeah, four eighteen. Alright, why don't we go to four? Like I said, 18. This is familiar. It's about Abraham. Remember him? (laughs) And he says here, Abraham was given a promise by God. Something to hope for. He was hoping for a son. He got one, but it wasn't the one God wanted him to have. And so we got to do a do-over. 
<laughs> a lot of people are in do-over season and don't realize it. Sometimes you're disappointed in the results you get and you really didn't get the thing God wanted you to have. So he'll put you in do-over do over mode <laughs> you got to do it over again to get it right because God knows what he promised you and he intends for you to get it from him get the thing that he intended for you to have all along and not a substitute you got me we sometimes we get substitutes and we make do we get part of a uh, part of an answer and we know it's not satisfying but we try to pretend like it's everything you got me we do that uh, you know and in 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 religious people are the worst at it cuz they can fake more you know stuff but look at all the the uh fake ministries we have where people say oh god's going to get all these prophecies man all these prophets out here and you know and and you know god doesn't prophesy like that he has a word for you call you by name talk to you and you know, <laughs> get on Facebook. This is for somebody. Well, God don't do that. You know, like like you throwing garbage out there or throwing uh, throwing popcorn out. Say, grab it. This for somebody. You know, God. If, if he talking to me, he knows my name, and he knows what I need, and he's specific about what he's doing in my life. You know, it's just 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 a lot of this nonsense. This ain't right. And see, there are many people who are satisfied calling themselves ministers doing that forever. You got me? They never check in with God and say, God, did you tell me to do this? Or is this you? Or, you know, develop. Ministry involves developing a relationship with God such that you're certain about what he's telling you to do. It's not goofy mysterious and about you know just throwing something out there for anybody to catch that just makes no sense to me you know it really doesn't and there's nothing in scripture ever you never saw a prophet that did that you read the bible i think that's their problem they don't really read enough bible they just grab stuff off other people and and religion is notorious from that for that uh you sit and you listen to somebody and it sounds good and you like the attention they get and they they people like them and i I think i'm gonna do that i'll make myself that and you start grabbing things that you hear or you see or whatever but but you have to develop as a minister and as a believer you have to develop relationship with god so that you know you are certain about what he's doing you'll go up to somebody and offer to pray for them to be healed and you're not certain God's going to heal them you got me you have to have a certainty on the inside of you about these things that we are doing and sometimes that's why people don't pay attention to church people or they run the other way or they have something negative to say or they believe the worst about us all the time 
It's because of those things. But you learn how to be a real person. You learn how to be true and you learn how to be faithful so that well, you can bring people hope and bring them expectation in the right way. So Abraham here uh, thought he had the son that God promised him but this kid was nothing but trouble. And sometimes that's one way to know you got the wrong thing. That it brings trouble into your life and it doesn't bring peace into your life. And so God taps him on the shoulder one day and says, um, you know what? <laughs> I didn't really mean for you to have that kid. I meant for you to have the one I'm promising you. Amen. When God gives you a promise about something, that puts new hope on the inside of you. See, Abraham was discouraged for a minute. And, and God began explaining to him. He said, I want you to, to straighten up here, Abraham. He said, I want you to walk before me and be perfect. I don't want you to miss it this time. I've got something for you. I want you to receive this. This is going to put you where I want you to be. It's not for just for what you think you want out of the situation, but this is going to glorify me as well. And so when God kind of sets him in the right place again, and gives him another promise it puts new hope on the inside of him and not it's not a bummer and a downer and bring discouragement to him it's like he takes away one thing but he brings something better in its place and that's God he's not taking away anything and leave you discouraged hopeless diminished and all of that if he promises you something it will bring new hope into you got me when when uh, uh, God told Abraham that he was going to give him another son he says Ishmael is not the one I promised you I have a son the first thing that Abraham said oh Lord please let Ishmael live you know before you let him be in other words what he's saying is this you mean to tell me I'm wrong moi you mean I messed up you understand what I'm saying there's a pride of life in us that wants to be right even if it's screwed up and is wrong you understand what i'm saying it can be falling apart at the seams it can be tattered in rags and we still say "Ooh, that look good on me you understand what i'm saying we don't want to look good at it anyway and that was abraham dying to himself when he said oh that ishmael might live and he told he confessed to God that he was heart sick and I think the 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 uh, word the, the the Hebrew word had to do with uh, uh, I think it was enrofe which which it, it, it's, it's from the word rafa which means healer so what he says was I'm sick. I'm out of healing. Nothing's going to heal me. I'm wounded. And God says, you don't have to be in Rophe because I am Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. Amen. Whatever it is that happens in your life, he will heal you from it. Don't be afraid of letting God have his way in your life and think it's going to get worse. It will get better. 
He knows you hurt. He knows you don't like disappointment. He knows you get emotional about every little thing. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Rachel comes in from school. She's always been a little, you know, you know I, I used to tell you when she was little, I said, we compare hot flashes, me and her. You know, just a little menopausal all the time. But, oh, when she gets off the bus, it's just all this drama. And it, well, what happened? You won't believe it. <laughs> you know? So I have to listen to her drama, you know. I used to make her listen to mine, but I can't out-drama her. She's real good at it. And it's really nothing, you know, just just little things. And they just like going on and on about them. So I give her five minutes of drama, you know. And then we watch murder. She said, anybody murdering anybody on television? I said, yeah, come on, let's watch our murder. So anyway, but, uh, you know, you got to. But, but God knows you're like that. You got me. He knows you're full of drama. You think the world's coming to an end, you know, just because the, you turn the hot water on. It took five minutes for it to warm up instead of the usual three, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, but he knows how to fix it. The most important thing you need to know. He sees it. He knows how you are and he'll fix it. Amen. Trust him to fix it. So our hope oftentimes doesn't need to be so much in getting what we think we want. It needs to be in getting God to take care of whatever it is that surrounds that issue. To say it again. You don't live by, you know, in your life more than things, food, clothing, and all that. And so if that's true, then God knows how to fix what's wrong with you. The problem isn't you don't have what you're asking for or it's taking too long. The problem is, is how you feel about it. Hey! (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? It can be taking centuries. And if you're cool about it, then you're cool. But if it's taken three years and you're upset, you will always be upset. So God's going to find a way to fix you so that you can chill out until the appointed time. There is a time appoint. You don't appoint time and I don't appoint time. God appoints time for things. So you've got to learn how to work with him and roll with him until the appointed time for things to come into your life. And so here it is. God tells Abraham in verse 17, I've made you a father of many nations. Before whom he believed even God who quickens the dead. He brings to life the dead and calls those things that be not as though they are. That's how God talks. So, uh, I'm sorry, Romans uh, 4.17. He says, I call things that be not. The reason I call you a father of many nations is because I call you like I see you, not like how you are. And see, we get a promise from God and want to fall apart because it doesn't come fast enough for us. Well, you didn't, you didn't make up the promise. You, you ain't the one that's promising anything. You done took it away from him and now you bossing him around with your little promise saying it ain't happening fast enough. I'm just all out of sorts. 
He says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. God quickens the dead by calling things that be not as though they are. He brings life and hope to us by calling us what we are before we're that. He sees you as that all the time. You just don't see it yet. But he will make it so that it's obvious to everybody who you are. And he says, he calls those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope. So Abraham received a hope greater than the hope he had that brought Ishmael into the world. He received a greater hope. So when God takes your your hope away from one thing, he gives you a greater hope to take the place of that thing. He just exchanges something that's lesser for something greater. That's all. He puts you in the hope that he has that this thing will work out. See, uh, um, uh, Isaac worked out much better than Ishmael. Because look at his kids now. Amen. Isis. Those are the sons of Ishmael. The the Muslim religion was started by the sons of Ishmael. So I would say that Isaac worked out a whole lot better. Because he brought forth the Jew and the Christian and Jesus. So I would say that worked out a whole lot better. And so when God tells you that he is going to give you a do-over. And he is calling you something that you haven't been before. Understand that he will give you a hope to trust in and hold on to until he brings it to pass. He will replace the old hope with a greater hope. So he said against hope believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which is spoken so shall your seed be. And he needed something to go along with that hope. And that was faith. Because faith is brings substance to what you hope for. Hope, uh, 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 hope is like a, uh, where do I find that quote? Emily Dickinson wrote, hope is the thing with feathers. Which means it can, it's fleeting. It can leave you, the minute you get some bad news, hope can shoom, fly right out your brain. Huh? But if you have faith in what you hope for, faith will stabilize it, give substance to it, cause it to to stay and linger. So faith really gives substance to what you hope for. So all of these uh, spiritual forces, so to speak, help one another. So hope cannot just stay by itself. It has to have things to help it that come from the spiritual realm, not so much the natural realm. Sometimes you're hoping for something and you see something in the natural that you think is encouraging you in that. And I can tell you as quick as that came to you in the natural, it can be removed. (laughs) You got me? And so you want your hope to be strengthened by another spiritual force because that way it will stay in your life. It will start to take shape, have substance, become more real to you. All of that. There will be evidence of it. And so hope will will bring that to you. So Abraham uh, 
was not weak in faith. Why? He considered not anything that was against what God promised him. See, for Abraham, it was his age and his impotence and the fact that Sarah had been barren all her life. So he's got all those things, but he didn't even think about them didn't consider them they weren't factored in to his his picture of what God was giving him see there's certain things that there's certain things that are building blocks to what you hope for keep building don't put stuff in there that tears it down Things that bring doubt into your head and and doubt into your mind and uh, this person won't cooperate with me and my boss doesn't like me and they give me too much work to do and everybody at the job's against me. Why would you consider that if you're looking to get prosper for something and do well? You know, you you consider what you want to see happen. You don't consider things that, that won't let it happen. You consider what will let it happen. And so uh, you have to be careful about that. Abraham even was way, uh, able to do it. And his covenant wasn't as good as ours. He just refused to think about it. He says, being not weak. You know why he didn't think about it? He already knew it was bad news. It wasn't going to get him where he needed to go. So sometimes bad experience can can be a help to you. You know, he said, "Ah, the last time I thought about how old I was and how old she was, this is what we produce. You got me? Trouble. And so he says, I can't think like that anymore because it didn't get me where I wanted to go. So if nothing else, if you've had a bad experience with it, don't go there again because you'll have another one. You'll be guaranteed to have another one. So don't consider those things. What you meditate on, you give life to. Well, things come in your brain. Let them just zip, zip, zip in, zip out. Don't get mad because a thought comes to you. Just don't don't grab it and make it your own meditate on it and consider it and think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it don't do that especially if you want to get somewhere in God you have to have enough discipline in your thought life go grab you another scripture go put on some worship music talk to God whatever you need to do get yourself over and more in a spiritual frame of mind and those thoughts will leave you and cast them down no I'm not going to think like that I thought like that before and that got me nowhere I'm going to put that out of my mind and I'm going to go ahead and pick up what God told me and so he says he didn't give wasn't weak in faith because he didn't consider his own body or Sarah's and he didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief faith helps faith I'll put it this way and I don't know if I want to put it this way but try to understand faith normalizes the impossible things that God is going to do in your life faith makes it seem like it's possible it makes it seem like it's and you see once you get out of faith and you start looking at it from a carnal mind it'll seem too extraordinary for you but if you look at it with the mind of faith it will it will kind of normalize it and, and make, make you keep it in the realm of possibilities for your life why because God's going to do it you're not going to do it he's, he's not looking at you to bring it to pass he's going to bring it to pass 
And he says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So strong faith glorifies God. Amen. It it makes God look good. And being fully persuaded, not halfway, not persuaded on some stuff, but only if. You got me? Uh, you You know, I can have this kid if I can get rid of Sarah. You did that once. Got me? And so, you know, that kind of stuff. If only if. Don't put your only ifs in there. But being fully persuaded means I'm going to take him at his word. He said he was going to do it through X, 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 and X. What happens to people sometimes is the, the reason they stop believing God is they start judging the promise. It seems too fantastic. Well, suppose God didn't say it. Well, suppose he did. I would hold on to it just because it's better than not holding on to it. I mean, what are your options? To not believe and and never have the possibility of this happening in your life? Or to continue to believe and die believing? I don't know. But faith is much better than not faith. I think it's better to continue believing something than to believe it for a season and walk away from it. Because the faith for that one thing is probably holding up other promises in your life. Your faith isn't just, if I can't have this, I don't want nothing. Take my faith out of that and go home. Your faith, the faith doesn't operate like that. Faith is in God. In whatever he promises you. It's not like, you know, you're playing marbles and if you don't win enough games, you're going to, you know, throw it all in and go home with your marbles. Take your faith out of the situation and if I can't have this, God, I don't want nothing. If you don't give it to me this year, I'm done with you. People don't say it with their mouth sometimes, but their hearts are there. We are so fixated on just one thing happening. Huh? But God wants to do a lot of stuff through your faith. He does. I can remember giving my marriage to God and it was not pleasant. I wasn't pleasant. My husband wasn't pleasant. Nothing pleasant there. But I learned, I remember praying this prayer. I said, God, if my marriage never gets to be rosy, help me to be content through serving you. Find me something to do that's going to make me happy. It don't have to be this. And people think, oh, if you don't have a wonderful marriage, shut up. Get real. Grow up. (laughs) Everything has its ups and downs. You got me? Now, God straightened both of us out. And he saved my husband. And saved me many times. <laughs> I was losing my salvation. Won't go in and kill him. Nobody will know. I could, he could be dead for days. And nobody would find him. I'd have to tell him myself. Whatever. You know he straightened both of us out. You understand what I'm saying? But I learned how not to let difficulty in one area of my life ruin the other areas amen i learned how to read my bible and be content in my relationship with god i learned how to trust him with more things i learned how to expect good even though i was living in a situation that wasn't good as far as i was concerned you understand it had to you had to work at things to make them right folks they don't just flop in your lap perfect 
you have something to do with perfecting that thing. So if you can sow good into a relationship, you'll get good out of it. You, nobody's willing to sow into it. It'll die. You know, it won't be there. And so when you understand that, you'll understand that your faith is given to you for many things that you will need in your life. Amen. Just, just not that one thing. And if you can't get that, you're mad. Uh, make sure you understand that your, that your faith is given to you to use for life period so hope brings uh we were talking about the things that hope will bring into your life one thing we said was optimism the other thing is peace the other thing hope brings light you ever see people say i see see a light at the end of the tunnel they can be in a very dark place that light at the end of the tunnel is hope man just keep walking toward that hope also brings excitement into people's life you know, you, you, you see uh, parents who are expecting a baby. They get very joyful and excited. Why? Because they're hoping for life to come. Amen. All, all kinds of possibilities when a new life comes into the world. Hope also brings joy. It brings life. We said that because God is giving life to a new promise. Hope also brings expectation of good, not doom and gloom. So you expect good when you're in hope. Definitions of hope in the Hebrew, the word hope is is, uh, the Hebrew word tikwa or tikva. And that means a cord. So you can look at hope as a rope that's pulling something in, <laughs> you know. So hope hope attaches you to something, amen. It's a cord that attaches you to a promise. It can also attach you to a person. It can attach you to God. It also means expectancy and the thing we long for. Tikva, T-I-Q-W-A-H. Remember Rahab with a red cord in the window. Amen. A red cord that tied her to God, the Hebrew God. And that tied her to salvation through the blood of Jesus. Those, all those Hebrew symbols and, and uh, uh, messages there. And she was hoping in God. So she had that cord there. Hey, Jesus. The Messiah was referred to as Tikva Israel. Amen. The hope of Israel or Israel's hope. You know many people missed him. Many of the Jews missed him because they were hoping in something else. Didn't recognize him. They missed the day of their visitation. The Greek word for hope. Uh. Elpida, E-L-P-I-D-I-A, means to anticipate with pleasure. So when you're hoping for something, it means good. You never use your hope for anything bad. You're not wanting bad things to happen when you're in hope. It also means expectation and confidence. Yeah. The Bible tells us not to cast away our hope or our confidence. That's in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 13. Let me see. 
sorry, Hebrews ten thirty five. Uh, you can throw away your hope. You know, the only way you get rid of it is you let it go. It's a cord that you're holding on to. Just keep holding on to that cord. He says, don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward or recompense of reward. Amen. Uh, Don't throw away your hope. Why? Because you have need of patience. So after you have patiently endured, then the promise will come. So that cord or that rope that you're holding on the other end of it, you keep pulling it towards you, on the other end of it is your promise. How do you pull it toward you? Just through obeying God. Just through not letting go. And at some point that thing will be in your possession that which you hope for a lot of uh, faith people tend to think they can make it happen fast confess the word more Uh, sow more seed do more this do more that you can do all that but if it's not on schedule to show up you know it's like uh, you know it's like a train or an airplane you got a reservation for. When you pray for something, you have a reservation for that thing at a certain time on a certain date. And you can't make it come faster. That's like you wanting a plane to come and take you. you it says, uh, you know, uh, March 25th at 3 p.m. and you want to go on the 20th at 1 o'clock. Well, you're going to have to change your reservation. Uh, you're not in charge of the reservations anyway God makes those so you got to get on the bus when it shows up you can't just make that bus appear when you want it to and so we have to understand that and God builds into our hope and the promises he builds into that all of the other spiritual fruit or spiritual forces that we need to complete us so he's looking at more than just giving us stuff and giving us what we ask for he's looking at completing us and causing us to conform to the image of his son one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that we may not be ready to possess everything that we want your wants can sometimes exceed your grasp or your ability to maintain and care for certain things. It's like we see a lot of uh, teenagers, just because you're, you're old enough to reproduce, it doesn't mean you're ready to be a parent. And so you see a lot, of, and God sees us the same way. Just because you have a few scriptures and you can pray and you can use your faith, it doesn't mean that you're you're able in your life now to maintain everything that that may come into your life as a result of your faith. And so we have to be patient with ourselves. We have to be patient with God. We have to understand that he is completing us. Why would he just give you things and leave out the most important thing? And that is the need for patience and the ability to endure. Endurance is is priceless. Let me put it. The ability to endure is priceless if you allow patience to work in you it will take you off edge about 
what it is that you take you out of that anxiety it'll take you out of that place of of thinking the worst is something good doesn't happen to you you know what i'm saying it'll get you out of that so that say for instance god blesses you with with a, a child and that child may have some needs that are are challenging to that child and to yourself if he doesn't put patience into you before that kid gets here some kind of patience in there before he gets here you'll tear your hair out that that blessing will will bring trouble with it or sorrow with it and the bible says that's not god the blessings of the lord make rich and they add no sorrow to you and so god i always tell people i said maybe god is telling you to well they don't want to hear that you know what I'm saying I I know they want to put a bullet in my head when I say wait because that's the one thing they don't want to do but down the road they can look and say you know what Pastor Bart told me that maybe I should pray and wait a little bit before I step into this and I'm seeing more and more it would have saved us trouble saved the kid trouble saved the whole situation trouble if we had waited for the blessing of God to come into our lives see just because you have ability that it's a lot of people go out instead of asking God make your petition known say you want to make a purchase of something and most heads think the reason you don't have it is because of what? Oh, money. Money, yeah. It'll go on to something carnal or natural. So if money's your problem, you're looking at it totally the wrong way because it's never your problem. If you lack money, that's God's problem. And money is never the problem anyway. Because there are always ways to get money. Huh? So that's really one of the easier problems that's solved in this life. You can borrow it. You can sell something. You can barter up to get it. You can go stick a gun up somebody's nose. You can take somebody's ATM card. And <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? There's always material ways to make up material challenges but when you are talking about something you desire and you keep thinking it's when i get more money when we get enough money when i that thing will will play in your head continually if you don't shoot that not enough money devil he will rob you of your joy he'll rob you of your contentment he'll rob you of the things that you need in life because you will never have enough money to satisfy that thought it is a thought it is not a fact it is not a reality it is a thought I must say it again. That thing that that keeps speaking lack to you is merely a thought. It's not a reality. Why? Because God says you have an inheritance in him. God says no good thing will he withhold from them who walk upright. God says that he will supply all of your need according to, but you keep looking at lack not have you keep looking in the material for a spiritual resolution till you look in the realm of the spirit and find your answer it won't come to you
And so many times God will have us uh, wait on things until he gets that lack mentality out of us and rooted out so that we don't come and every time we need something lack shows up in our thinking and we think we'll never get it because of certain things and then we're discouraged and of course discouragement your faith won't work and when you're discouraged your hope goes away ah, you don't want it anymore I quit wanting that because it just got too late you know and so God is developing something much more in us. He is developing the mind of his son Jesus Christ. You see Jesus worried about anything. He told them dudes when they said, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. He said, yeah, really? He said, I don't even have a place to lay my head tonight. He said, you going to follow me? Uh, like I said, I'm going to go home to my sleep number. No. <laughs> and so... We have to understand that when God tells us that he's going to supply our need, we don't have to see it, we don't have to feel it, we don't have to know it's there, but he will supply everything. You see, he will supply everything. And he will challenge us to get our eyes off of what we possess and what we lack. Two things that keep the saints wound up more than anything is what you don't have and what you do have. When we start doing good, we plaster selfies everywhere. Huh? When we're not doing so good, they can't find us. And so we, <laughs> why? Because people are moved by stuff like that. Amen? So we have to, to realize that God wants us to be of the same mind all the time, the same spirit all the time. There's a purpose for not having everything you want right away. Or in the first year or the second year or whatever, you know, there's a reason for it. And as long as you're serving God, you should be content. Like Paul said, he said, I learned this. I didn't come here knowing it, but I learned it. Thank God he learned it. Amen. Or he would never have kept preaching the gospel. If he learned how to be content, whatever condition he was in, he would keep preaching the gospel. Everywhere he went, they beat him. Uh, you know it's like oh God you're sending me so and so uh, yeah and they're going to welcome you with a beating you know throw you in jail give you so many stripes bring you before the council the Jews are going to want to throw you you know that kind of stuff and so uh, he learned how to be content and go to the next place even though he knew that a beating usually awaited him when he got there he didn't get beat he said what Am I in heaven? Yeah, where'd I go? <laughs> Nobody wants to whoop me. Nobody's gonna put me in jail. Uh, and he, he got, and he he stayed content in doing the will of the Father. That was his contentment. He was restless if he didn't. Remember that girl that followed him for all them days. The uh, 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 what do you call it? Fortune teller girl. And she was preaching. You know, like testifying, giving a false testimony. And he says, she followed him many days. And he was grieved in his spirit. Every time she showed up, he felt grieved in his spirit. But he didn't move on it until many days. 
See? He didn't cast that devil out of her to, for many days. And so he learned how to get content. And he knew what was probably going to happen to him. He knew what kind of city he was in. He knew that girl made money for those people. She told fortunes for it. The whole show he knew. And he endured it for a while. And after a while he said, I can't put up with it no longer. I want this devil following me everywhere. I can't put up with that. He cast the devil out and he suffered the penalty for it. Amen. So, so you have to have that contentment in you that moves you to do the right thing at all times. It moves you to obey the spirit of God at all times. So uh, in Titus 2.13. It says, looking for that blessed hope. In verse 12, it says, deny ungodliness, worldliness, lust. We should live sober, righteous, and godly in this present world. Why? Because we're looking for something better. We're hoping for something more blessed than what we see in this present world. He says, in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify it. See, that, that's, that's what we don't hear preached a lot. Holiness in the church. You know, that God will cleanse us from all impurity. Trust Jesus to get you right in your heart. Trust him to get you right in your relationships. Trust him to help you to be the right kind of person. Just trust him. And uh, what was that? Titus, Colossians 1, 5. It says, verse 3, We give thanks to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Jesus and the love which you have toward all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So there is a hope laid up for us in heaven. Amen. We're on our way out of here, not trying to hold. Don't put everything that you, all your confidence and faith and hope and trust in what's down here and getting more of what's down here. We have a blessed hope, and that is the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ to rescue us out of this this present age. Titus 3.17 tells us we have a hope of eternal life. And that is life everlasting with the Father. This isn't all there is. It really, really isn't. 1 Thessalonians 2.19 He says, for what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Are not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? You know, we have been trained, I would say, the last 30 or 40 years to put more confidence in material things of this life than we have in the blessed hope of eternal life. And rejoicing in the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoicing in being united with the Savior. I noticed that for the last, I would say, 
geez, I can't say how many years now that I'm that we've been having the conferences. I know it's over 10 or 12 years. The Lord has had us focus on the relationship between Christ and the church as the bride and bridegroom. Like we really do belong to God. Because if you don't keep that in focus, if you don't keep yourself understanding that there's a relationship here that you have with God and understand all the aspects of that relationship, you'll get stuck in just looking for what's down here. And when that's not good and that's not what you want it to be, you lose sight of the real the real relationship god he saved us for relationship if he saved us only to have material things or only just to go to heaven we'd be in heaven already or we'd own everything in the world by now but he didn't save he saved us for himself Amen. He saved us for him. If there's nothing else we should get in this this understanding in this realm is that we are loved. We are important to God Almighty. He died for us. If we were the only ones here, he would have died for just one person, but he died for all. So he loves you with an everlasting love. You are a loved person. Once you know you're loved... You act different. You look different. You talk different. You think different. You're not concerned with, you know, more money or more things or falling out with God because you don't have this or you don't have that or you feel entitled to something and you haven't gotten it yet. Just realize that you're loved. You know, you, you just have to pull yourself back into the love of God. You have to pull yourself, gather yourself, gather up your little fragments, your little frazzle fragments, and understand that that you are loved. I can remember times when I would get on on a a tear when my husband was alive. He'd, I'd be, he said, "Come here." Come here. He'd make me sit down or he'd sit me on his lap or something. I'll go that far with y'all, but no farther. But uh, he would just sit me down and settle me. He said, no, wait a minute. He said, baby, don't you know so-and-so? And so-and-so? I did it again, didn't I? I forgot who I was. You know, that kind of stuff. You need to harness yourself into the love of God. And know that you are loved. And know that you're important. And know that God died for you. Would die for you again if he needed to. You understand me? And these things are important to ground you. Other than that, you are an unchanged renegade person running around with what you think is faith. Grabbing everything you can from everybody. Tricking God's people out of their money and possessions and all. You are an untamed crazy person. If you don't settle into the love of God is the most important thing that you have going for you. I don't know a whole lot but I know I'm loved. You got me? Why do you know that? Because God said so. That's all I can take his word for and he never lies and I know that much. I don't care what else is going on around me. I know that I'm love. First Corinthians 13 tells us the everlasting quality of love. 
First Corinthians 13 verse 8 it says love never fails but prophecies everything will fail tongues all these things will cease you understand what they are they're, temp- they're for a time the only thing that's everlasting is love where there's knowledge it'll vanish away and he says here in verse 13 he said now abides faith hope and love the greatest of these three is love you know you're loved you know if, if somebody uh, around you knows that they that you love them they can forgive you of anything you understand what I'm saying if, if, if there's love there it'll override everything that's wrong in life yeah. in times of hopelessness Ephesians 2.12 let me, let me see what that says Uh, come on Ephesians 12 <clears throat> he says at that time he said you were in the time past you were Gentiles uncircumcised at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel or covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world you know those people running around that don't know God are hopeless why they grab one thing after another one year they're married next year they divorced one person they did you know one year they their career is good next thing they're on drugs you understand that's hopelessness why because they're without God they're alienated from any kind of promise for a better life for them any kind of promise or something good happening to them every day any kind of promise they're alienated from that why? Because their sin keeps them separated from it. That's why we come along. To give them hope. To give them a blessed hope. To give them Christ. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. You mad at somebody because they left you? Guess what? I can introduce you to somebody who's closer to you than that. Amen. You've been cast aside. He'll pick you up. He loves you. Some people aren't open to that kind of activity until they are cast aside. Sometimes you know you think that so and so did me wrong. Honey sometimes that's the best favor somebody can do you is wrong. Forgive them people. Keep living for God. He'll pick you up. If, uh, Lamentations 2 verse 21. He says this I recall to mind. Therefore I have hope. This I recall to your recollections can give you hope. You can solve your own little murder mystery in your head if you'll recollect the correct things. Amen. Certain things you can recall, you can think about. Your mind will go over to. That's why God told Israel to rehearse these miracles in your ears. Rehearse these things. Sit down. When you sit down at the dinner table, tell your children about how I brought you out of Egypt. Tell them about the miracles in the wilderness. Tell them all those things. As believers, we need to do the same thing with our children. Tell them about the promises of God. And he says, this I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. You can, your mind will give you hope or it will cause you to be discouraged. And he says, it's because of the Lord's mercies. Not your good behavior. 
uh, I got news for you. You scared because you ain't you scared you ain't good enough. You're welcome to the club. Amen. It's because his mercies you get up every morning that you're not consumed. The devil would kill you in a heartbeat if he could get hold of you. But he can't because of God's mercy. That's the only reason that we're still here and we're not consumed. In Acts 26, Paul said he was on trial because he hoped in Christ. You will be on trial for your hope. You you start really trusting God and see won't <laughs> won't the devil come and torment you, bring people to try to slap you down, tell you ain't doing the right thing. Amen. You need to quit doing this and quit doing that. Huh? They want to laugh at you because you're faithful in your church or faithful to the ministry. Want to treat you like dirt. You get on trial for your hope, honey. You you you'll suffer persecution. Crazy people. I tell people say, Well, it's Saturday. I said, Honey, that's a work day for me. I I work on the weekends. Huh? I have nothing else to do on Saturday. I I've been booked solid for years. Huh? <laughs> in Acts 26 verse 6 and Paul said and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers Man. he says for which hope's sake am accused of by the Jews so his own people accused him because he was living in the fullness of the hope that they only had a shadow of so the Jew only had a shadow of it. Paul was living in the fullness of it. And they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't understand why he would leave their little group and go over with the persecuted Christians. Amen. But he did. In Acts 28.20 he says, For this cause have I called you for you to see you and to speak with you because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain so Paul carried in him and we carry in us the hope of a better day for everybody you can offer this hope to anybody amen hope springs eternal amen hope has life in it our hope does not disappoint us Romans 5 5 it says because let me go to that and that will be our last scripture Romans 5 and verse 5 and hope makes not ashamed Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick but when it comes forth it's a spring of life so hope always brings life with it he says a hope does not make you ashamed why because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit amen so your hope in in God is validated by the love of God that comes forth out of your heart by the Holy Spirit so you have a a confirmation and a witness for the things you hope for as long as the Holy Spirit is in you feeding your heart and feeding your spirit the love of God where you can have assurance you can have peace you can have everything that you need then you won't be ashamed for hoping in God but that's one of the things that the devil uses to talk us out of holding on to what we hope for he gets you to dis- he'll get you to drop your rope in a minute by trying to shame you out of what you're believing for huh oh look at you you believing for God to 
to uh, you know prosper you and, and give you great things or to bring somebody into your life that loves you and care you who you think you are you know you didn't got too old for all this you're always too old or too young amen you're never just right (laughs) amen but god will make you just right amen when it comes trust me you'll be more than ready for it you'll neither be too old too young too smart too dumb too poor too rich you'll be just right amen why do we stop father we thank you for your word and for understanding how important it is for us to hold on to that rope that thread of hope that cord that attaches us to you through your promises so lord we bless you we thank you we praise you for being our god our maker our creator being one with us we love you and we honor you lord and we thank you for it father in jesus name amen and praise god if anybody needs prayer 